Good afternoon, everybody. David Donaldson here with my guest on Entrepreneurial Impact, Pam O'Brien. Um, Joe's normally with us, but Joe couldn't make us today. But so it's just you and I today, Pam. So welcome to Entrepreneurial Impact. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for inviting me. Here we are. We're in October. And when I think about October in the world of real estate, or businesses in general, but I've been in real estate for so long, I really don't think of any other businesses all that much anymore. But I think of this time of year very specifically because in our organization structure, we focus highly on goal setting and business planning for the following year. It's always a conversation that's taking place, but we focus heavily on it in October to set the table for the following year. Now, you and I go back a number of years now. You're an incredible instructor and leader. So why don't you just take a couple of minutes to kind of give everybody a little bit about your background, and then we'll kind of dive into today's topic. Sure. Uh, so I've been in real estate essentially my entire adult life, which is more years than most of us want to admit. <laughs> um, I joined Keller Williams in 1997. Uh, so I've been, I don't know, it's over a quarter of a century here learning the models and understanding. I was in the original mastermind group for Gary Keller's MREA. Okay. So when he was collecting the data to write the book, I was in that original group, which was way fun. So I've been a proponent and student of the models for that long that I deeply, deeply understand and, um, and employ the models to help me achieve what I want to get done. That's awesome. What an experience that must have been. I can do a whole separate podcast on just that experience. Maybe this is that we'll have to plan on doing someday. It was something else, I'll tell you. It was intense. You know what I love about that, though? Like a lot of times people talk about, boy, that was written way back when. Everything that was laid down, that foundation, it's what we're talking about today, right? A big component of that. But it doesn't need to be written. Now, there's terminology, technology, and, and processes that were done that were for its point in time, period of time, forward-facing and in the now. But sure, you know, it's been a little bit now, a little bit of a blip behind us now. So the technology has changed, but the why and how's and the systems have not. No. And the underlying understanding of the models, right? Like, the, so there's four models, right? There's the economic, which is about activity and skills. So how much activity do I need to do at what level of skill in order to hit my goals? And um, this may be jumping ahead a little bit, but this is one of the reasons we want to do business planning now is that we might need to go back and determine, wait, what is our level of skill? So I know how much activity I have to do. And then now if I know how much activity I have to do at what level of skill, what is the system that I'm going to employ for lead generation to fill those appointment slots so that I have the opportunity to employ my skill and take them all the way through from appointment to signed rep agreement to ratified contract to closing, because there's steps all through that. Right. And then once we do that, okay, well now we need a budget model, which is about, am I investing sufficiently in my business and getting an appropriate return on that investment to make it make sense? Well, do 10% of the agents you know do a profit and loss every month? No. 10% would be pretty generous. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the budget model is about getting comfortable with the math and understanding that you're not spending money. Well, you shouldn't be spending money. You should be investing money. And if you're going to put money into something, you want to get a return on that money. And then as you grow, we need to employ the organizational model, which is about leverage. And the definite of leverage is spending your money to buy back your time. 
what a great way to break it down because you're right. I think that 10% is a very generous number. And I think that a lot of the times for, we're most, even if not knowing where to start a lot of times, but even, I think it goes back even further than that. I don't think as long as I haven't been in the business a quarter century, but I've been in the business for 17 years. So I'll take that. But I look okay. at the associates that we have and every day when I talk to them, whether they are new to us, new to the business or been with us a while, they don't look at their career as a business. And I think that's that's where a lot of people need to start. It goes, hey, not just real, this isn't a job. This isn't a hobby. This isn't a side hustle, right? You might have a different career too, but you have to treat it what it is. It's a profession. It's a business. And you got to get your arms around it from the beginning mm -hmm. to understand all those processes you just talked about budgeting finance specifically. Yeah, I think we should get real in that there was a time in the past when real estate could have been your side hustle. You know, it used to be that, you know, we're in the DC Metro, that all of the officers' wives were all real estate agents, right? Like, let's just get real about that. Yeah. We are not in that world anymore. Real estate, to be successful in real estate at a high level requires a ridiculously high level of skill in a wide variety of areas that re it just requires a lot of education. And I think one of the tragedies is that the vast majority of our education is about how to stay out of real estate jail and not how to win the real estate game. Yeah. That Good. Yes. We should stay out of real estate jail. Yes. And how do we win this game? Because it's a really expensive hobby. It's one of the best businesses you can start. But it's a really expensive hobby. So how do we capitalize on that and really run it like a business? And that starts with business planning. I completely agree. Too much has changed, right? I mean, heck, there was a period of time before this thing called the internet, right? Where you actually had to go in your office every day and actually, well, every day, once a month and get updated listings through a binder just to kind of see what was going on. You really did have to be a neighborhood expert back then. Right. You couldn't. When you started, there was an MLS book. Yeah. Well, that's what I said. I knew there was a three binder and book that like get you know, lock and key was released every month. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So we, yeah. I think we set the expectations and, and we talk about it every year. But why October? Why now? Why not November? Not December? Why January sounds good or February first quarter. I kind of see. But why are we doing now? Uh, well, I don't know about you, but. Have you noticed that November and December agents are sort of checking out, going home, taking vacation, goofing off a little bit? Mm. No, you haven't noticed that? Uh, I just figured just yeah, everybody yeah. stops working, right? It's Thanksgiving, right. Christmas, New Year's, yeah. uh, every other time frame of reason to take away from work. It's snowing, maybe, depending on where we are. Um, it snows more in Ohio than it does Virginia, I hear. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit, and I'm right up. I'll be right up on the lake. So, um, yeah, lake effects, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing about October is that it gives us the opportunity to clear the plate to execute the plan starting in January. Okay. So, what are those? So, go ahead. I'm, right. You're right. Sorry. So, it's clean the plate. It's, it's a fresh time. Okay. Let's see what this looks like. If I'm brand new to this, right? Not necessarily whether I'm brand new to this, but brand new to like, I'm going to set some goals and expectations from this of what that return is going to be for me in 2024. I'm going to get started. Yep. Yeah. 
So I like to say, go to your family. I hate to say budget, but go to your family. Like how much money do you need to bring in every month for you and your family to feel like it's worth the effort for you to do this? Um, and then do you have any debt that you need to service or that you need to get paid down? Right. So add that on top of it. And then is that the level of life that you really want to create? Or would you rather create a, little, a life a little bit more up here? Right. Can we can we elevate that a little bit? Oh, I'm quite comfortable because just living paycheck to paycheck. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome to real estate. <laughs> yeah. The closing, the closing, I should say. Right. Well, the reason that people get roller coaster income is because we have roller coaster activity. Yeah. All right, I love that. And if we just consistent in our activity, we'll actually have more consistent income. But what's the number? Because the problem with saying that I'm okay with just living paycheck to paycheck or commission to commission, whatever, is that if you create a minimal plan, then you are actually setting up all of your actions and your calendar and your everything to only execute this baby plan. And the chances that you would ever exceed that in that time frame are really rare. You're just not going to do that. So what if you said, hey, you know what, I'd really like to be up here and I'm going to create a plan to be up here knowing that this is my number. And if I can exceed that because I have a better plan and I'm executing at a higher level, yay. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. So create a plan. And this is why when you attend one of my business planning clinics, I am very well known for threatening to throw things at you <laughs> and, you know, cross out your number and make it bigger. And people come back to me years later and say, you know, I was in your business planning clinic and you made me double my number and I didn't think I could do it, but I did. Yeah, because you created a plan for that. Whereas if you hadn't looked at creating a bigger number, you wouldn't have been able to because you wouldn't have had a plan sufficient to execute a higher number. Right, that's where it all starts. I, I look at that a lot. Of I think people try to put comfort around numbers. That's obtainable. That's what I need to get by. Uh, that that allows me to maybe spend a week at the beach, right? Not putting that, I don't even want to say the big hairy audacious goal, but putting a big enough number out there that you feel like you're actually striving and working towards something. Yeah. Well, and what's the kind of what's the kind of life that you would like your family to have? You know, if if you just had an extra fifty grand, what would that mean for your family? And honestly, 50 grand in our business does not mean that much more activity. It really doesn't. You're right. I think that's, I think that's the number when they think about the activity level of what they should be doing, what they are doing. There's, there's different things, right? There's the busy activity, the busy activity. And then there's the activities that actually matter. Oh yeah. You know what the first one is called? Productive procrastination. Mm. Productive. Yeah. So you feel good because you're doing something. Yeah, but it's really procrastination. Correct. It's really avoiding doing that. Um, shoot, I had something I was going to tell you and I can't think of what it is. It'll come back to me as we come back around to it. Um, but when we create that bigger plan, um, you know, aim a little bit higher, there's a much greater chance. And then start breaking it down into actionable steps. For most of us in almost any market across this country, if you hold one, just one appointment a week, 48 weeks a year with a brand new buyer or brand new seller with the first chance to get a signed representation agreement. So that's all that counts. Okay. Okay. My first meeting, my first opportunity to get a signed representation agreement. 
If I do that 48 times, I'm going to net 100 grand in almost any market. And that 100 grand is a really interesting number. That's a number to me personally that has not been adjusted for inflation because I think I think back when I started the business and you said, Dave, how much do you want to make? I want to make $100,000 17 years ago. When we ask professionals today how much they want to wait, make, say $100,000. Right. You have, to, you have to do what you said was double that number, right? triple that number. Yeah. Depending on where you live, right, knowing your cost of income, we understand that you know, our conversation is going to be outside of, of where we live in Northern Virginia. Price points are different, sure. right? I think yeah. that's part of it, too. I think some people in certain locales get a quite comfortable living by doing even less work because the amount of transactions I have to do to hit a certain number. Yeah, but imagine if you didn't have a dollar number in mind, it was just units or transactions, right? It's different ways to put yourself in that. I'm not saying there's right or wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lower well, price points, the, you need more units. Higher price points is less, but you know, shift to the one that makes the most sense for you, right? The problem I see though, is if you're aiming at less than two closings a month, you don't have enough momentum to keep you going. Yeah. Right. That's why I'm saying like, I, I focus on the number of transactions that you want to do. Not how much do you have to do to hit a goal, but how much do you need to do to run a successful business? And I agree at a minimum too, because well, here's the truth of the matter is with the amount of agents, and I don't know what we're, we're NARS at now, but right, we're 1.6 million to start the year, right? We're going to sit down to 1.2, I don't know. The average number of transactions an agent does in a particular year is four. That's one a quarter. Uh-huh. And if you take out groups that are doing 2,000 a year, mm-hmm. what's the median? Right? That's the part that's scary, is that they're talking about the average. I bet the median's two. And you like you can't hardly afford to pay dues on that. So why are we bothering? Like, And you can't possibly keep your skills sufficient to do an ethical job for, for your clients at that level. So I think part of our responsibility is to be doing is getting the reps right right? like we just got to get the reps in you got to keep doing it and for almost everybody i say look start with two appointments a week just block off on your calendar i want two appointments a week with a new buyer or new seller my first opportunity to get a signed representation agreement okay so let's kind of start there let's start talking about so if i'm setting goals for next year and if my goals right to have two appointments a week right what do i what do i go next like how do i how do i grow from there so you mean, how does that translate into what do I make or how does, where do I grow from? Like say more. How do I know that that's enough? And how do I know that, that I'm successful in doing what I'm going to do? Well, um, if 70% of the people that you meet with sign a representation agreement, you're probably in good shape. That would actually require that you ask them to sign one. You know, it's a <laughs> well, we have time to get into the, the broker legalities of what I should and shouldn't or couldn't, couldn't be doing. Yeah. Um, it's okay. If 70% of the people you meet with hire you, okay, that's a good sign. If 70% of those go on and ratify, or in some states they execute, right? Like buyer, seller, all sign, earnest money goes to wherever it goes in your state. If that happens 70% of the time of the people that represent, okay. And then we know that 90% of those will go on to close. Maybe better, but you know, over markets over time, 10% are going to fall out. Sure. So that means if you are meeting two people a week, you're going to close two a month. At least if your skills are at 50%, at 70%, if your skills are less than that, which a lot of people's are, then you're probably only going to close one a month. 
by meeting two people a week. And I think a lot of that is a factor of yourself, where you at, what your skill set, what your comfort level is too, and taking that mm -hmm. skill set and comfort level around the status of the market and the challenges of what people infer to be right and wrong, what's actually happening out there, right? So you're right. So adding on the amount of points I have to do, and set those expectations as worst case scenario for you, right? Don't say, hey, I'm, I'm the best, especially if you're new at this, but your closings or your appointments are all suffering right now because sure. there's less inventory, there's pent up demand, but there's less, less inventory. And that's not gonna end anytime soon. So you have to get really skilled and crafted about understanding the reason somebody's gonna meet with you is that they have to have a goal or an expectation to do something. You're asking them, what are their goals for 2024? opens up an unbelievable amount of conversation. You may not realize that they're trying to do something that they yeah. didn't realize that they might be able to, only if you know how to show them how. Right, so I think two things about that. One is we know that people are looking for a house on average 10 weeks, right? So it takes on average 10 weeks before they make an offer. Well, that means you better have a pretty good 10 week follow-up plan. Yep. It also, um, I also think that we need to get infinitely more clear on our value proposition because way too often I hear agents say, I'll help you find the perfect house. <laughs> well, you know what? If you ask a consumer, they don't think they need you for that. They don't think they need you to help to find it. I can find it myself. Thank you. They don't think they need you. So what actually is it that we do that brings value to the transaction and the interaction? And we need to talk more about those things. So what if we change the conversation from I'll help you find the perfect house or worse, I can get a door open for you because I have a lockbox key. Woo. Right. What if it's I'll help you know that it's the right home to live in, that it's actually going to meet your needs. What if we switch the conversation to I'm going to help you know the right price to offer on that house. What if we switch the conversation to, I'm going to take care of all the details of all the things that need to happen to help you get into that home, right? What we need to switch our conversation and some people might go, wait, what does this have to do with business planning? It has a lot to do with business planning. It has a lot to do with business planning because if we're, if we're out there getting the appointments and meeting the people, but we don't have a strong enough value proposition, especially in today's weird environment with all the lawsuits and all this stuff happening, right? Like if we don't have a strong enough value proposition, we're going to have a hard time. So how do we language our value proposition in a much more powerful way? And we do so much. And guys, like it's a tip. <laughs> it's less than a tip. We tip 15 to 20% in a restaurant and then we're just, then we're afraid to ask for X. I'm not going to say a number, right? But we're afraid yeah. to ask for X when we represent somebody. Yeah. Okay. And if we go to a more expensive restaurant, we tip a bigger percent normally. No, oh, it's so many dollars. Oh no. Am I worth that? Well, if you're not sure if you're worth it, go get worth it. Go be worth more, make your skills better, get better at it. And then you can charge more and actually feel like you're providing value. Well, and without the understanding of those things about your value, your costs, what you can charge, could charge, might charge, whatever that taboo number is, right? You can't build a plan without it. Now you're just in full out reaction mode, right? So starting small with, hey, I got to know how many appointments I got to have each week, 
right? But in order to have a certain number of appointments, there's many other activities I got to do just to schedule, get an appointment with someone and probably have to talk to more people now to find the right people that can do something in the next 6, 12, 18, 24 months. Yeah, I'm going to say right now, I don't care how far out they are or if they think they're not ready, I'm getting them into my database so I can stay in touch with them because then they're never going to reach out to you. Correct. Right. It's, I'm not qualifying people. I'm giving me, come in. Yep. I'm getting you in my database because now's the time to be taking market share. Right. And that's just a repetitiveness. And I think a lot of people think of in my database, so that do I do what do I do with them. We talk to people. <laughs> you pick up the phone, you talk to them, you get in front of them, you talk to them, you have coffee, you talk to them. And it's not always about real estate, but it's the repetitive nature of who you are and what you do. And they're constantly reminded of it. I, I joke a lot about sending out grandma's cookie recipes and clean your gutters. There's a time and a place, but we have kind of moved on from a lot of that. It's the value that you bring and the reason that you're reaching out to them is X. And that is the time that they spent with you was worth the time that they did, whether it's a phone call or coffee or an actual meeting, right? So that they become, you become their person, right? I don't always need a plumber, but I have them. Right. People yeah. think they've got them. You have them, you never need them. <laughs> well, hopefully, unfortunately, that, 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 you know, I make a more mess out of things by myself than I think, because I think I don't need them. But that's kind of like the life of a realtor too, right? I don't need one until you need one. And then I maybe I've made it worse. Right. Yeah, so I think it's really important to create a big enough plan right now, a big enough plan to more than meet your goals, and then ensure that your skills are sufficient to be able to execute that plan. Okay. Because 2024 is going to be an interesting year, right? Like people are out after our money left, right, and center. They, they want to disintermediate us. Uh, I have talked to dozens of consumers and the average consumer thinks that we're an obstacle. They're trying to figure out how to get around us. They want us to get out of the flipping way. That's a bad thing. That's a really bad thing. So now is a time to circle the wagons, build your moat, um, really pour into those relationships with the people that you know and demonstrate your value and how you bring value to that real estate um, not just the transaction, but the life of the life of the homeowner, right? How do you bring value to that whole relationship? But you're not going to do it without a plan and a calendar that supports the plan. Well, and that's all that when you're not having the appointments, you're not having the conversations. Other people are telling your story. Oh, yeah. No, it was really great. Um, I, I coach a, a young guy and he just cold calls. That's all he does all day long is he cold calls. He loves it. Makes me want to, you know, be a little sick, but hey, he loves it. And I'm like, look, no problem. If you don't want to call your advocates, no problem. Because you know who's calling them? Him. He's calling them. And you know who's going to list their house? Him. And it's not his fault. And it's not your client's fault. Because he actually reached out and you didn't. Yep. You got to be, you got to be top of mind. They hear the word real estate. You have to be top of mind. And as I talked a lot of times where they get upset. So-and-so bought a house without me. And I say, I get it. And you went and unfriended them and you stopped following them and deleted them from Facebook and all those things. I challenge them all the time. I'm like, what could you have done differently? What does that conversation look like? And they're flabbergasted. What do you mean? They should just come to me. Why? Why should they just come to you? If you don't treat your profession like a business, why would they do the same? 
Well, and what do they do for a living? Do you know offhand what every single one of your clients does for a living and that you remember that every time you need somebody who does that? Come on, really? No, you don't, right? So we have to be there and doing that in a way that isn't commission breathy, Yep. right? It's not always, hey, who do you know? Who do you know? Mm -hmm. It might be just, hey, I was driving by your house the other day and wow, that tree's really growing. It's beautiful. Conversation is the roots of everything. Exactly. It's it's so easy to come from country. And the thing is, and who do you know looking to buy sell, which is I just I just can't stand that canned approach. But just imagine having a conversation. Here's how every conversation actually ends. If you don't ever bring up real estate, guess who will? They will. They will. How's the market? <laughs> How's the market? How's business? How are you doing? Right. Yeah. That's yeah, a funny thing. All right. So we established, okay, I know I've got to have appointments. And those appointments are going to lead me to making some sort of dollar amount next year. Hopefully it's yeah. a plan that I'm going to get to. Why do so many people hold themselves back from actually setting goals? Oh, you know, I think there's a lot of things involved. One is, well, what if I do it and I don't hit it? Does it make me a failure? Um, well, okay. We know the people with written down goals are 70% more likely to hit them. So I don't know, does it make you a failure to write them down? Uh, and I think we just need to change our mindset about this a little bit from um, what if I don't to the goal helps me create the plan to give me the best chance. But without the goal, you're not going to create the plan. Without the plan, you got no chance. Okay, then let's even forward that. So like, let's set that. I actually put something on paper, wrote it down, okay. typed it up, filled in a couple of boxes. And then I throw it in a drawer. Does that get me anywhere? It does actually. Okay. Shocking. Okay. It actually gets you about 20% ahead. Because somewhere in my mind, I've thought of something. Okay. Yep. Yes, exactly. Um, so the step one, create a written plan. Step two, create a written plan with that you calendar, right? Put it on your calendar and then learn to follow your calendar. Step three, Create a written plan, put it on your calendar, check in with somebody once a week and sh share with them how you're doing. Do I, all right, so share something with somebody. Does that mean I have to pay for a coach? Do I have to have somebody? I mean, who do I share this with? Well, how about if you, like, I just call you and go, hey, Dave, let's get together every, you know, Friday morning at eight o'clock for 15 minutes. And I'm going to share with you where I am on my goals and you share with me where you are. So just flat out, just another business owner in real estate. Or not, sure. maybe, right? Somebody, you're, maybe you take this in the step and building relationships with people within your world about exactly. setting goals together. But okay, sorry, I got yeah. that, right? So I'm, I have a hey, hey, look, as a coach, I would love for you to pay me to do it. Just saying. However, however, it doesn't have to be that. Um, and I also think that we've really, um, we've really ruined the word accountability. I think we have just ruined the word accountability because it sort of means blame now. Right. Yeah. And so how about this? Hold your money accountable and get somebody to hold you able. Oh, I like that. Don't let get somebody who's not going to let you let yourself down. Who's that person that you're just not going to let down? Because we let ourselves down first all the time, don't we? Yeah. I'm not going to let you down because, you know, look, I'm here. I'm in the middle of moving and my life is a crazy mess. But you, because we have a relationship, you said, can you? And I said, yes. And now I'm looking at my calendar going, what is wrong with me? Of course, I don't have time to do this. <laughs> but I'm not going to let you down. Whereas if I had said, hey, you know what? I really need to take 15 minutes and do a quick little you know, video about goal setting. You know what would not be done today? That. 
Because I'm not going to let you down because we have a relationship. So who's the person that you can get a relationship with so you don't let them down? Yeah, I think there's incredible valuable in in coaching too. But like, just imagine just starting or if you had somebody that trusted that has a vested interest in you to help you succeed. Right? Whether it's not your spouse. Not your spouse. That leads to different challenges. I would agree with that. Um, Now, yeah, a 10 year old kid is great. What's that? A 10 year old child is great. 10 year old child. Yeah. You know why? Why is that? She's not going to let them down. Hmm. Because if you do, what are you demonstrating to them? That it's okay to make a promise and not do it. And you're setting expectations for them that they don't know to question. They just said that, oh, well, this is something my parents always did or whomever, right? That showed me this is something I should do as I grow up. School, business, life. I love that. I love that aspect. Well, Four goals. Look, obviously, we're covering this in a, in a half-hour timetable, which is an abridged version of the why. That's kind of what we're covering here. Why should I do this? Why do I do this now? What if I didn't set goals for this year? So? What if you didn't? Set goals for the fourth quarter to jumpstart while I'm setting goals for next year. Sure. And even if you look, um, what was it? Arthur Ashe says, start where you are, use what you have do what you can. The past is past. Don't live the future in the rearview mirror. I, thank you. And that's kind of, I think, where a lot of people are. Right? I think they're like always looking for an official start date to do something. Wow. Okay. I'm going to set up. I'm going to, I'm going to prepare. I'm going to prepare to prepare to prepare. Okay. Prepare for the fourth quarter. Prepare for October. Prepare for October while building and setting your goals for 2024. What a better springboard Mm-hmm. Right, then to trigger right yeah. into that. Yeah, exactly. Now, one last thing before you go. Um, sure. I guess I kind of asked this a little bit. Was why are did I just lose you? No. I'm oh, okay. Here. I just my screen faded. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess. We know that there are clinics all around the region and whether you're with Keller Williams or with some other office, but how, what's the best way for me to get started? And you say, write it down, but there's a mindset around doing it in a structured way to it. Where do I get the best information about how do I set myself up for success through goal setting? Um, I mean, I don't think you can beat our business planning clinic. Okay. Um, and even if you're not with KW, it doesn't matter. I mean, I just did one at the Northern Virginia Board of Realtors last week, and we had people from six different brokerages. Yeah. Right. It's, it just fits, right? It just fits. Um, I think that's probably the best business planning clinic, although I'm seeing them all over, like lots of coaching groups are doing them and, you know, all sorts of, all sorts of groups are doing business planning. And I think what you want to get down to is in order to make the money that I want to make, how many appointments do I need to have every week at my level of skill? And what are the pillars of lead generation that I'm going to focus on so that I can have X number of dollars in, no more than X number of dollars out, and here's the team I'm going to do it with? Simple. It's crazy how simple it actually is or should be. But there's that indecisiveness for so many people. What would you say are the biggest obstacles and hurdles for that most people that prevent them from just committing to getting started? Um, analysis paralysis. Um, but what if I fail? Uh, you know what? Just, just go do it. Just go, just go do it. Right. And 
what's the worst thing if you go to a business planning and you create a business plan and you don't do anything with it? Well, at least you've thought about it for half a day. Okay. And yeah. then you do it again next year and maybe it, it gets, look, there are lots of classes that I took over and over and over. And then one day I went, that's what they mean. I think the one thing I would add to that is like surrounding yourself with others that are also doing it. Right. Cause if you're around others that are not, then why would you even think of it? Right. Well, yeah, you, you yeah, got it you know. coming in to your office, your brokerage, surrounding yourself by others that are doing those types of things that have those types of mindsets in place will make you look yeah. to discover what does this look like if I do it? Who else is doing it? Who, not even doing it at a high level. Who's just doing it? Who's written their goals down? Right. When I can sit down with them once a week or we just sit down together once a week. Right. Right. All right. I got to go. Yeah. Well, listen. We had another appointment four minutes ago. Right. Running long, but it's a great conversation. Pam, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you pouring back into the associates in our territory, in our region. And I just want to say, wish you all the luck in the world as you step back into the world of running a market center, being a team leader out in, out in Ohio, they will be fortunate to have you. Thank you. Yeah. And next time do one about um, opportunities, stages and checklists and command, because they need to know about that more than they know about it. But I got to go. Take See care. ya. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.